Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this. Well, good morning, Lifehouse family. So good to see you today. Excited to dive into God's Word today and continue our series, Jesus And. Before we do, though, I want to just uh, bring to your attention the white cards you got whenever you walked in. These are our groups for this spring semester here of Life Groups. And uh, would, would love for you. Excuse me, church is more than a Sunday, right? And, and so we want to, to give you the opportunity. If you have not looked over this yet, I would encourage you to check a couple boxes and get some, and get some information about groups that we have throughout, uh, throughout the week besides just the services on Sunday. This is a place for you to build community, to get to know others, for some people to get to know you. And so I would just encourage you to take this, check a couple of these boxes in, and on your way out, give it to one of the hospitality team members, and we'll follow up with you this week. Groups are starting this week, so we are excited about that. Also, too, if you're joining us after service for Starting Point Social, we would love for you to join us in theater number 19. And uh, whether you signed up for it or whether you didn't, we would love for you to come and hang out with us in Theater 19. We would love to get to know you. It's kind of just a little like, you know, 20-minute meet and greet thing. We, we got some food back there, and we got your child care taken care of. So we would love to get to know you if you're somewhat new here. But I'm excited today, like I said, to, to continue our series, Jesus And, where we're taking the next, I don't know how many months, and looking at the life of Jesus. I think it's very important. And we talked about the kingdom of God. But now we're talking about the one that lived perfectly in the kingdom of God, and that is Jesus. And we're going to look at a bunch of different things that Jesus encountered. Last week, we talked about Jesus and identity. And today, we're going to be talking about Jesus and the wilderness. Turn to someone and say, wilderness. Wilderness, wilderness, wilderness. Uh, just, just a quick reminder for you, Jesus is our Lord, Savior, and example. So Jesus is the one we submit to, we follow. He's the one that saved us from sin, hell, and the devil. He is, but he's not just Lord and Savior. He is also our example. He is the one that shows us what the journey of the will of God looks like. So here's the thing. You are on a journey, okay? So all of us, whenever we start to follow Jesus, we start this journey of following him. That's why one of the points of the vision statement of our church when we talk about living uncommon is we follow Jesus, right, is he is, he's the one, he's the example, he is the model, and we're saying we want to model our lives after him. And I think the writer of Hebrews beautifully um, kind of like wraps, wraps this up. This is the, the message version. The, like, like this is a paraphrase of the Bible that's found in Matthew, or excuse me, that's found in Hebrews chapter 12. And this is what it says. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. On Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. So what he's saying is like Jesus has lived life. He has been a human being. So since he has started and finished it, we should like follow him, all right? Then he says, study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He, would, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, has anyone found themselves flagging in their faith? Go over that story. Say, go over the story of Jesus again. Line by line, item by item, of that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. My heart and prayer today is that as we talk about Jesus and the wilderness, that you will have some adrenaline shot into your soul to encourage you and strengthen you 
as we will all hit the wilderness part of our journeys. Luke chapter 4, our focus scripture begins with the writer Luke saying this. He says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can just pause there because if we, when we go back last week, you know Jesus encounter like we we talked about jesus's baptism and jesus's filling of the holy spirit and jesus having his identity affirmed by his father and it was a high high and i mean it was one of the highest highs like he you know he he got baptized filled with the holy spirit thankfully church last week we saw 37 people baptized can we just give god some praise holy spirit's moving so so grateful for those that took that step last last week and it's it's just amazing to see what the lord's doing but Jesus was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. His father said, I, 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 I love you, I'm for you, I accept you, you're my son with whom I love, and I'm very well pleased. And it's like after he had the highest high, then it says the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Led him into the wilderness. At a high high, and then he's about to have a low low. And, and here's what I need to know. If Jesus is our example you need to know, and if, if he was led into the wilderness, I need you to know that the wilderness will be a part of your journey with Jesus. Wilderness, the wilderness will be a part of your journey with Jesus. Why? Because he's the example. See, and what I think some, some people think is, is that Jesus endured certain things so we wouldn't have to. That is partly true. Because Jesus lived a perfect life, died a death in our place for our sins on the cross, resurrected and defeated Satan, sin, and death, your three greatest enemies. So yes, there was a part of Jesus's life where he did what you could not do because you needed to be saved from yourself and your sin. So that is a part of what Jesus's life was, was he did what you could not do. That, that was not him being, being, being an example. That was him being savior. But then there's parts of Jesus's life that he walked through and that he endured not saying, saying that you'll never walk through it. He walked through it to, as an example for when you walk through it. So, so then you will know if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. If it's good enough for Jesus's journey, it's good enough for your journey. Okay, so we can kind of see like the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness. We're going to talk about what the wilderness is, but he was in the wilderness. So you need to know in your journey with Jesus, as he's an example, you are going to be in some wilderness seasons and kind of the, the the you know the best way that i can describe this is like how many of you are runners here like how many of you are sick people and like you enjoy running marathons like you enjoy running half marathons or full marathons like you just have this sickness called you love running and you need to get diagnosed and healed and delivered we'll have prayer teams up here at the end of service that you can get delivered like i don't know like i tried to run a half marathon back at the one city marathon i broke my foot like late february i couldn't do it i'm like oh darn god gave me a broken foot so i wouldn't have to run Look at God. Isn't he good? You know, like, I just love his faithfulness. And endure. Well, I've seen you move. Move the mountains. I believe. And he did it again. He got me out of running. I appreciate it, Jesus. But, 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 like, one of the things when you're running in a half marathon, a full marathon, whatever, is you have something called a pacer. You have someone that holds one of, the, one of these signs and that, and that says, if I'm running at a two-hour pace, stay behind me or stick close to me. And what he's doing is he is setting a pace for the journey, setting a pace for the marathon. What I wanna let you know is Jesus is our pacer. He is the one that is holding up what the journey looks like. He is the one saying, if you wanna be like me, then follow this pace. 
And the thing is this, in the journey, in the marathon, as we're following him, inevitably, it will lead to some wilderness seasons. How do we define a wilderness? Think of a couple things that we can really describe it as. Number one is ongoing spiritual dryness. Have you ever had these seasons where you're, you know, you would have seasons where you'd come into church, they'd play your prayer, I mean, you'd get the Holy Spirit goosebumps all over you. Playing your worship songs, hands raised, you just feel the Spirit. You know, preachers preaching, and you just, man, everything hits you right in the face. And you are just like in this spiritual euphoric utopia. Church on Sunday, you go to work, and you just feel like you're in the presence of God. Even when you're with people you don't like. You're like, I just love you, Jesus. I just love you. And then you have these seasons where you go to church, you read your Bible, you pray, and you don't feel a thing. And you just feel dry. And you literally feel like you are naked because you are like trying to do the Jesus thing, trying to do the church thing, trying to do the love people you don't like thing. And you don't feel any help. You don't feel any inspiration. You don't feel any motivation. You don't feel any goosebumps. You don't feel any of that stuff you'd feel when you're in a service worshiping and you're like, God, where are you? And some of you have had these, some, some of you are in that season right now. It's just this ongoing dryness. It could also be a personal disorientation or crisis. Someone you love that you're close with dies. Like you just, you just have something that shakes you to your core. You have a loss. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you had these dreams of starting this business. You start the business and it fails. You, you know what I'm saying? It is, it is something where your hopes are like completely dashed. You feel like God said it and it didn't come through. And you're just like, what in the world? It, it could be death. It could be loss. Like it's just something that shakes you to your core and just disorients you. It could be burnout or blowout. And burnout is just like, I am so overworked, overtired. I got no, I can't say this in church. I've got no more of that word to give. Sorry, I, I just, welcome to Lifehouse. This is it's the way it is, okay? <laughs> you got no more stuff to give. You're, you're like, you're, you have compassion fatigue. You're, you're, you're just done. You're done, you're tired giving out, and you're just burned out. Or you have a blowout. A blowout is like you morally really messed up, and you did something that hurt somebody. It hurt your marriage. It hurt a relationship or something like that. It's just burnout or blowout. Or it's just a season of disbelief and cynicism where it's like maybe you grew up in church, and you had all this stuff in your head, but nothing is connecting with your heart. And you're, 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 you know, it's, it's just like you're just cynical. You're in disbelief. And like I said, you can see in Jesus' life, he had the highest highs, and then he had some of the lowest lows when he hit the wilderness. And I just want to encourage you and kind of chart the journey, for, because I think one of the most important things I can do as your pastor is to help chart the journey for you, is to help put some tools in your hands, to almost be a trail, a trail guide. Because here's the thing, some of you are in a wilderness season. You're like, yep, that's definitely me. Some of you are coming out of a wilderness season, and you're like, I wish this message, John, would have been given to you a few weeks before, <laughs> right? But some of you don't even know the wilderness season you're about to walk into. You're one text message away from being in a wilderness season. Some of y'all have no clue how quick your season of abundance can turn into a season of wilderness just like that. And so no, no matter where you're at right now, 
my prayer is that this message will be able to put tools in your hands, encouragement in your hands, hope in your hands, perspective in your hands, so it can be equip you for when you're at the highest highs, a great, we love that, but also to equip you for the lowest lows. Because here's, here's the thing, some, you, having the right expectations can save you a lot of wandering in the wilderness. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you remember that word wandering in the wilderness kind of brings out what we see in Scripture when, you know, God's people, his chosen people, the Israelites, uh, a a four-day journey took them 40 years. And let's just be candid. Israel is not just this archaic people that lived at a time back in history a couple thousand years ago. Israel's us. We are Israel. Some of you, when you read the Old Testament, it's not about a nation. Ultimately, the nation can encapsulate us. We are the ones that God wants to teach us something in four days, but we need 40 years to learn the lesson because we're wandering, right? But here's the thing. Having the right expectations in your journey with Jesus can help you as you are looking at what, like, it, it can help you to rightly place where you're at so you can then know what needs to happen in, in that specific season. And some of you, this message today is going to help you redeem your wilderness season and not take 40 years. Right? So my prayers, no matter, but then some of you have friends that are walking through wilderness seasons and you haven't known how to help them. So I believe today this message is going to put some tools in your hands to help you know what to say to them and how to help them walk through this wilderness season. Because here's the thing, the reason why it's so important to know where you're at in your journey with Jesus is, is so you'll be able to define what a win is. Because some of you only label your walk with Jesus is hot or cold. So, so some of you, if you're not hot, hot, passionate up and down, worship full of faith, whoa, you're like hot, right? But, but so then you're like, if I'm not hot, then I'm cold. Like so, or, or you're lukewarm. So you have like three places you, three places you can be on your journey, hot, lukewarm, or cold. And you know, lukewarm, God spits them out their mouth. You take that verse totally out of context context. And some of y'all know what verse that is in Revelation 3. He's talking to the church in Laodicea, where he's like, since you're not hot or cold, but since you're lukewarm, I'm about to hawk a loogie and spit you out of my mouth, right? <laughs> so then we have this image of God hawking a loogie and spitting. I mean, when that's totally out of context, because even that verse, hot or cold, hot or cold were both useful in the city of Laodicea that was known for really hot water and really cold water. Cold water to help bring healing and, and health to people and really hot water so people could actually bathe in it and see their bodies restored. But he was saying, since you're lukewarm, since you're neither hot nor cold, it's not useful, it's not helpful. But, but people have taken that, that's where you are. You're either hot with Jesus or cold with Jesus. Be, be, be one or the other. Just don't be lukewarm. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it totally takes away from kind of the real journey of what it looks like to follow Jesus. In my renewal, which I'm talking about, when I talk about a renewal, I'm talking about after COVID or during COVID, I kind of hit a wilderness. I'd been in the wilderness for a couple years and I didn't know it. And I, and I remember I hit this point where I was like, I got to, and some of you have heard this story, so this will be repeat, but for some of you, you haven't heard this before. I, I hit a point where I had to get some help. I was leading a church and I felt like I had nowhere to go. And I went and I typed in pastor's retreat on Google. <laughs> like, I got to go get some help from someone. Thankfully, it led me to some ministry in Southern California called Soul Shepherding that was, that was a ministry dedicated to helping pastors learn 
by God's grace, to shepherd their own soul. So I remember going to the first retreat in June of 2020, flying out there and having my world turned upside down because I had language that I had never had before. I learned some language and some techniques to help me know what stage I was at so I could rightly define where I was at on my journey so I could rightly define what a win would look like in this stage where I'm at in my journey. And I want to share with you what I learned there. And just, I can't take the whole message, but I, I just want to share with you a little bit about what I learned. I think you're going to connect with it. And, and I want to tell you like how this relates to the wilderness stage, but how also as a church, we have to learn to be a safe place for people that are in the wilderness. Okay? So look, right, right here. So, so, so what I learned, it was called the Christ stages. And, it, and so the people that oversaw, that lead this ministry are doctors of psychology, but they're also pastors. So they have a background in psychology and, ther and therapy, but they're deeply rooted in Scripture. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. What a great combination. And, and they put together this kind of like framework to help people know where they're at, and it's called the Christ stages. So you can still Christ is kind of C-H-R-I-S-T, and they kind of equate one of the stages of the journey with one of those letters, okay? So, so, um, so the first part kind of of the whole journey is called the confidence in Christ stage. The confidence in Christ stage is when you first become a follower of Jesus. So you're, you're kind of like, you know, you have a brand new identity in Christ. You're learning what that means. You've gone from death to life, from a sinner to a saint. It's, it's like you're, you're learning your new identity and learning to grow in confidence in Christ. And that is kind of the first, the first stage of the journey. And then it goes into H, which is helps in discipleship. So this is where once you're new in Christ, you're learning how the heck to read the Bible. You're learning how the heck to pray. You're learning what it means to be in community. You're, you know, you're kind of like being discipled. You're growing. You're learning. You're maturing. So kind of once you get saved, then you get into this stage. But then after this stage, what normally happens is, is you go into the eight, or excuse me, the R stage, which is the responsibilities in ministry, which is like, it's time to get busy. You got something to do, right? It's like you got a certain ministry to serve in. Right? And, and let's just be honest, most churches are really good at the CHR stages. They want to get you saved, say the prayer. They want to teach you how to do a five-minute de five devotional. They want to teach you how to pray for 30 seconds. And then they're ready to get you busy. How can we get you doing something? How can we get you serving? How can we get you, you know, give, you know serving, in a, serving in a specific ministry? But then they said what they observed, what they saw, what they see is that typically when people do the CHR stages, the next point in the journey is what they call the wall. Which is once you get to the point where you are doing so much for God, you can actually forget you have a relationship with God. You can actually forget because this is what churches will do. They will have you serve and serve and serve, and we've been guilty of it. Just serve and serve and serve until you are at the point where you ain't got nothing left to give, but we got a mission to do. People need to get saved. Let's go ahead and do it. And then when, when, when people hit the wall, that's when they hit exactly what I talked about in the wilderness season. They hit a personal crisis. Somebody close to them passes. They're trying to get pregnant, and they can't. There's, there, there is something where what develops is this, God, I'm serving you. I'm doing all this for you. I'm investing into the church. I'm doing all of this stuff, and you let this happen to me. Or it could be, God, I'm serving you. I'm giving my life for you. Why don't I feel you? Why, 
Why can't I figure this out? Why is this not making sense? Why is my husband not serving? Why is my wife not? And, and, you've, and, you, can, and, and you can hit this wall. You can hit this wilderness. And let me tell you what the church has not been good at. Helping people when they're in the wilderness. Because let's just be honest. What do, what do, what is normally the things that, that people say? Well, you just need to read your Bible and pray more. You need to do more. You need to be more busy. So, so what they end up doing is they, they're at the wall and they keep hitting the wall and the church is like, just don't, you don't, hey, you need to get away from the wall. Just come back to these stages. Get busy, have a five-minute devotional, you know, and just remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Not that those are bad stages, but when you get to the wall and you have the spiritual dryness or you have a spiritual crisis, the church, unfortunately, has not been a very good, kind, safe place for people that are in the wilderness. Why? Because it takes time to help, love, serve, care for, tend to people that are hurting or dry at the wall. So people, are in the, so people are in the wilderness, and it's kind of this tension. Like there are people that need help and care and attention, and, they, and, and, and typically when they're at the wall, like they say things like, I don't know if I even want to go to church. They say things like, I don't, I don't know if I even want to read the Bible. And these are people that have been like reading the Bible and going to church for years, and then they start to say things like, well, I should. I should read. I should pray. I should. I should. I should. I should. I should. So they're already in this wilderness stage, and then they throw on top of their wilderness stage shoulda, coulda, wouldas that only you know, intensifies guilt, shame, and, con- and condemnation. And what they need when they are at the wall is not more shoulda, woulda, couldas. They need a safe place to be with God and wrestle with God and rest and invite him into the pain instead of being active and not giving margin for the, to deal with the pain. Right? It's because it's like, here's, the thing, here's what the church normally wants to do whenever somebody hits the wall. Well, let's just hit the wall harder. Just, run, just more willpower. You know, but, 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 but here, here, is, here is what they taught, what, what they taught in order for people to get through the wall and in order for them to get past this stage of spiritual dryness, to, to get past the stages, they, they call it I, the inward journey. Where in order to get over the wall, normally because you've been so busy for God, you have numbed your feelings and your emotions. So you've worked so much for God that you have started to, to spiritualize your pain. Well, you know what? God will get me through it. Or you've started to deny your pain. You've started to kind of like devalue your pain. Well, it's not that bad. And what they say is that in order to get over the wall, get, to get through the spiritual drawings, you need to go on a journey inside because here, here's the thing. Some, some of you, the reason why you are still at the wall and you're kind of just like in this cycle is because you don't want to get into the depths of why you are the way you are. You don't want to take the time to go inward 
and say, why do I think the way that I think? Why do I act the way that I act? Why do I lead the way that I lead? Why do I do what I do? Because you just want to be continually so busy, active, and you, or, or you don't want to do the hard work because you know if you go inside of you, you know what's in there. You've got years of trauma. You've got years of abuse. You've got years of growing up in a dysfunctional home and in dysfunctional relationships that you know if you go into, into your inner journey, you know the hell that it would be. So this is kind of what you do. La, 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 la. I'm just going to keep serving Jesus. I don't want to know what's in there, but Jesus is good. Jesus is good. I don't want to know why I keep doing the whole hookup, shack up, break up, relational thing, because I'll actually see that if there's a deep-rooted thing inside of me that wants to be loved, but I just keep using people to get love. So you will keep operating in dysfunction. But you don't want to get into the, where the cycle began, started, or why it continues. And you wonder why you continually hit a wall in your faith. Because you won't let Jesus into the junk. You won't let Jesus into the inner journey. You won't let Jesus in there. And let me tell you, the church doesn't like this stage at, at, at all. Because when you get into the inner journey stuff, you talk about time. Time. I'm three years in. Time. But if we want to be holistic followers of Jesus, we're going to have to eventually, at some point, make, make the decision, are we going to be comfortable at a wall? Or are we going to do the hard work of letting Jesus into those broken pieces inside of us? Because he will save your soul from hell, but you can choose to live in a living hell by not letting Jesus into the hell, the broken areas, the broken places, the broken pieces in your life. Jesus said, love the Lord God with our heart, mind, soul, strength. You know, you know what that means? Holistically. You can fundamentally be changed in your identity, but still have broken pieces that Jesus needs to redeem. And part of that is by going on the inner journey. Is this making sense? The wilderness can be a place of deep inner change if you allow it. The next stage, once you go on the journey inside, S, S stage, and I'll just wrap these up real quick. The S stage is spirit-led ministry where you are as busy as you were in the responsibilities in ministry phase, but it's from a new fresh source. It's not from human will or human strength. It's from spirit-inspired, spirit-empowered place in your life. You've experienced healing. You've let Jesus into the deep parts and places of you. So then now the ministry you do is from a fresh flowing stream of good water, of living water, what Jesus called it. A river of living water is flowing from inside of you. And by God's, by God's grace in three years, like I'm I'm, I'm in that place, which is weird to be, I'll just be honest. Being so many years in, in the R stage and just trying to will my way into ministry was hell. But now by God's grace, as I've gone on a journey inside, I'm, you know, I'm still sometimes there, but it's like I've let the Lord in and he's got me to a place where it's like I'm doing more than I ever have before, but I've got a reservoir in my soul 
that is like living water. And then the T stage is transforming union, which if you're there, you, you, you need to teach life group and tell us, let us know how you got to that trans, transforming union stage. And really what the transforming union stage is, is basically you are like living in the beauty of the Trinity of God. The love of the Father, the brotherhood of Jesus, and the infilling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. It is just like wrapped around you. Right? So when we're talking about the journey, we have to know where you are because when you know where you are, you know what a win is. And here's the thing. If you're in the wilderness, I want to let you know Lifehouse is working to be a place where you can be safe. We have to be. We can't just be a CHR church. Get you saved, five-minute devotional, get you working. Let's get it, right? No, we have to be a place where if you're at the wall, man, you can come into our church and you can heal. If you want to serve, serve. But if you don't, hey, we're going to give you space. Because sometimes you need margin to let the Spirit work. Some of you take away from the Spirit's activity because you're so busy. Spirit needs margin. Spirit needs room. We want to be a safe place for those of you who are on that journey inside. You're realizing why you are the way you are, why you speak the way you speak. Why you, why you, like we, we want to be a safe place for you to do that. If you're in a spirit-led ministry phase, let me know. we got a lot that you can do. <laughs> we got some stuff for you. If you're in that tease stage, like I said, lead a life group so you can teach us all how to be there. But, yeah, the church must be a safe place for those in the wilderness so let me just give you a couple thoughts in closing about like what you need to be aware of in the wilderness that we see from the story of Jesus. What you need to be aware of in the wilderness. Number one, you will be tempted to compromise. Especially when you're halt. Hungry? Because here's the thing, when you are in the wilderness, typically you, you hungry? You angry? You lonely? And you tired? So you know when you get in the wilderness, you have to be self-aware. This, this is going to be your proclivity. And you will be tempted to compromise because some of y'all, y'all are hungry relationally. Or you're in a wilderness re relationally. You're like, I want a husband or wife and I want it now. Like, I'm in a relational wilderness. I'm on all these dating apps. It's like the desert. <laughs> the ones that are laughing are the ones that are on the dating sites. That's all I got to say. The ones that are laughing like, you ain't lying, bro. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. It's a tough world out there. But when you're in that wilderness relational season, you will be tempted to compromise. You'll be tempted to sleep with people that you don't even know, that you don't even care about to get a quick fix. You will be tempted. Tempted. You got to be careful. You've got to know, this is where I'm at. This is what I need to make sure. You know, Scripture tells us this. Don't be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Devil's a schemer. Why don't we scheme? If the devil is scheming, why aren't we scheming back? And, and, and really, this is simply what discipleship is. Discipleship is just intentionally creating a path so you can stay on, on the journey with Jesus. It's you scheming. But unfortunately, we can sometimes look at disciplines and discipline in our walk with Jesus as these are things I have to do so Jesus will love me. No, you are already loved. We talked about that last week. We start with love. We start with acceptance. We start with affirmation. We start with our Father telling us you are fully known and fully loved by me. 
So anything we do from that point and from that place is simply scheming against the schemer. It's scheming against the schemer. And, and, and so you just have to be aware that when you are in a wilderness space, space and phase, you, you have to even be more alert and be self-aware about what you will be tempted towards. You have to be in tune with your hunger, with your anger, with your loneliness, with your tiredness. Right? So what, what, whatever wilderness you're in, if you're in a job wilderness, you're like, I hate my job, it feels like I'm in 190 degree weather, no hope. Well, you're, you're, you're you know, angry, lonely, tired, right? Like, you're, you're going to be tempted here. But also, too, in the wilderness, what is inside of you will come out. In the wilderness, what you've built your life on will be exposed. Because everything that is comfortable and that helps you is normally gone. Right? So Jesus is in the wilderness. The Satan is coming up to him. He's tempting him. He's saying, if you are the son of God, which I find it interesting, the very first thing that the, that the devil attacked after God the Father affirmed his identity was his identity. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, throw yourself up. If you, you know, and he's just trying to attack his, his, his identity. And what Jesus responds with here whenever he is attacked, whenever the devil is trying to tempt him when he's in this wilderness season is he responds with the word of God. Jesus had trained himself, had disciplined himself, had schemed himself to be full of the Holy Spirit of God when the tempting and when the wilderness came. And I just want to encourage you, like so many Christians are so reactive instead of proactive when it comes to being ready and strong whenever the hard seasons come. It's, it's like when they're in a, in a good season, they're like, all right, I'm, you know, it's, it's like they just kind of like take it easy, not realizing that you're in a good season, praise God, but what's going to come out of you when a wilderness season comes? So don't just be react, you know, reactive of, well, I'm in a wilderness season. Jesus, I need you now. Even when you're in a good season, seek the Lord while he may be found. Yeah. Don't just seek him whenever you have a need. Seek him when you do have your needs met. Because there will be a time where you will... Why? Because you're building the inside of you so when the wilderness comes, you are, what can come out of you is what Jesus said, the word of God. It is written. He did not say what Joe Rogan said. Did not say Dr. Phil, did not say Oprah. He said, it is written. It is written. And, here, and here's the thing, sometimes one of the biggest blessings of being in a wilderness season is it does expose what you've been building on. One of the biggest blessings in a wilderness season is it will expose what you've been building on. Right? Pressure will always show what's there. And God doesn't expose you to shame you. He exposes you because he loves you. And in a wilderness season, if you get exposed that you've been building your life on something that is not the, you know, the, the Jesus called the rock and you've been building on sand, it can be one of the biggest blessings for that to be revealed. And normally wilderness seasons will reveal that. So what is inside of you will come out. You need to be, know that you'll be tempted to compromise. Thirdly,
Thirdly. Yep, there you go. The devil plays dirty, y'all. Man, we see. I put all of these exclamation points to literally, because I can't yell this loud because you'll leave the church. But I put it because I want you to remember it. The devil's dirty, man. He's so sneaky and slimy. So Jesus responds back when he's being tempted in the wilderness. He's in a wilderness season. He, he responds back by quoting scripture. And then the devil, when he gives his third temptation, actually stoops down to quote scripture to Jesus. He says, hey, we're at the top of this mountain. Throw yourself down. And when you throw yourself down, he then quotes Psalm 91, the very stinking psalm we just sang about how shady is the devil that's crazy he knows the word isn't that crazy devil knows the word but what i think we have to be really really careful of is when we're in a wilderness season if you aren't prepared you will be more inclined to take scripture way out of context Because here's what the devil will do. He will take God's word and contort it and twist it to make it say what he wants it to say instead of what it's actually saying. And you talk about in a time right now where, you know, we can be on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and we got all these influencers. And some of y'all, y'all's main discipleship tool is TikTok. So all of y'all's timeline, you flickering up, and it's, the Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, you know, and it's like these preaching, you know, and some of y'all laugh because you're like, yeah, that's, that's true. TikTok isn't bad, Instagram isn't bad, Facebook isn't bad, but at the same time, you want to make sure that is not your main source of spiritual nourishment. If you are spending more time listening to the influencer talk about the Bible instead of you, like, getting yourself in the Bible, and sometimes that can be good because, but, but, but you, all I'm saying is you want to make sure what, that what you are consuming is good doctrine. Doctrine, look, is so important because what you teach or what you hear, it influences the way you think and how you think influences the way you relate with God and relate with others and relate with yourself, okay? So you, you want to make sure that because here's, here's, here's the thing, what, what is happening now is, is people are taking the Bible and they already have a preconceived idea of what they want it to say, so they go to the, to the Bible to find what they want it to say instead of actually submitting themselves under the word and saying, what does the word actually say, and submitting themselves to it. So they, so they go to the word and say, I want it to say this is okay, so let's go to the Bible to find out how we can make it say that. Instead of what... You know, and, and this is what we have to be careful of and what I think, that we are in a wilderness season. You will be more inclined to go to the word and try to make it say what you want it to say instead of what it actually says. And that's why I think it's so important that you have, you are in community as you're in, as you're in the wilderness season because there's nothing more that the devil wants to do than get you in isolation by yourself when you're walking through the wilderness. Because then all you have is your thoughts. All you have is your experiences. All you have is your trauma. All you, all you have is your pain. All you have is you. 
and his voice. That's why it's important. Like, church needs to be a safe place if you're walking through the wilderness. Worship team, y'all can come up. The devil plays dirty, y'all. But also, too, last, lastly, what you need to know when you're walking in the wilderness is on the other side of the wilderness is a new season of power. find it very interesting. When this portion of scriptures ends and the writer Luke is finishing up Jesus' temptation and Jesus, is, Jesus being in the wilderness, the next verse right after that is Luke 14, 4, and it says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. That after he went through and endured his wilderness, what was on the other side of that wilderness was a season of great power, of new, fresh, personal, spiritual power. And I think it's really important that as you're walking through the wilderness, as you're walking through darkness, that it, it can be so much more encouraging when you're in this season when you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And some of you right now that are walking in the wilderness season, like you are there. You can't, like, it, it is so dark. My prayer today is that you would, you would see on the other side of that wilderness is a season of great power, is a new season of God's anointing, is a new season of God's presence. And some of you that are there right now, God wants, God, God wants you to, like, you are here for this very moment to be reminded of this. I want to read Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse number 5 through 11. And this is Hebrews here. This is con continuing what we've read earlier says God is God is educating you that's why you must never drop out he's treating you as dear children this trouble you're in isn't punishment it's training there's our word right we're training not trying right it's training the normal experience of children only irresponsible parents leave children to tend to fend for themselves would you prefer an irresponsible God we respect our parents sorry that ran out there we, we, we respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so that we can truly live? And these are what these wilderness seasons can be if we allow them and if we see them as sacred seasons in our life. Instead of saying, I'm in this wilderness because of something I did. I'm in this wilderness because God hates me. I'm in this wilderness because of this person. We're going to say, if I am here, God, how can you redeem it? Because he is as much in the wilderness as he is in the valley of blessing. It's just we have to get our perspectives right. So my heart for you is that if, if you're in a wilderness, you'd see it as sacred. If, if you're going into a wilderness, like you would see that this is an opportune time for the Lord to work, but also to church, that we would be a safe place for those in a wilderness season. That, that our church would actually become that. And that we would help people get over the wall instead of throwing them into the wall. Instead of trying to getting them away from the wall. To say, no, how can we take this season and how can it be a place where people meet face to face with God? in this wilderness season. Would you stand up with me, church?
Was this word today helpful, helpful for you? I really believe that it's really going to help some of you not be like not, not feel so crazy. Honestly, like not feel so crazy, but actually feel seen by God, feel heard by God, feel God's presence, feel God's presence. Pray with me, Jesus. We just we just pause right right now. We just ask that as we respond to your word. I'm just going to ask right now, prayer teams, would you just right now get into place? If you're on the prayer team, would you just roll it, just kind of like line up in that center aisle? Lord, we just, we just thank you that as we respond to your word today, God, that, that as we, Lord, maybe come, come face to face with our, with our wilderness seasons, God, that we would receive grace today, that we'd receive help today, that we would not go into isolation by ourselves, but we would actually invite you into it. So God, we, we ask today that as we respond, that you would meet people exactly where they are today. Thank you for your grace and your kindness. We need you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.